Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, friends. Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program. Thanks so much for joining us. We are exploring the five books of Moses. We've prepared a book called The Portion. This is a devotional on the five books of Moses that's available through Chosen People Ministries. And if you go to our website, chosenpeople.com slash radio, you can find it and it's downloadable. And I think that you would really enjoy it. And we are really making our way through the journey. And so we're in the middle of the book of Deuteronomy, which is the last book of what we call the Torah, the five books of Moses. And today we're going to look more specifically at Deuteronomy chapter 13, because there's a lot of information here on how to evaluate whether or not a prophet is true or false. And in today's day and age, that's that's critical. Actually, if you believe like I do, that we're headed towards the end of days. We're in the last days, but we're getting towards the end of the last days. And in Matthew 24, in the Olivet Discourse, Yeshua, Jesus mentions that false prophets will arise as we get closer and closer to the second coming. And so there does seem to be uh, quite a bit of misinformation, uh, particularly flying around the web. I mean, how did the Lord know that there would be such a thing as the World Wide Web, writing so many and speaking so many years ago. But God is so wise and omniscient, and there's no past or future with God. And so, of course, he knew. And so there's a lot more by way of false information today than ever before, not because we're coming up with new ideas. Actually, they're mostly old ideas, newly expressed, but because there's a greater echo chamber out there where we can hear more, both good and bad. So we're going to try and look at the text today and help you figure out how to figure it out. Joining me is Bobby Walter, our Brooklyn branch director, leader of our congregation in Brooklyn, our regional director. I don't know, he, husband, father, you know, he's, he's got lots of jobs. So welcome, Bobby, and thanks for making the time to to speak with our friends today. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mitch. Shalom to you and shalom to all of our listeners. Uh, like Mitch said, we're really grateful that you're joining us. You know, Mitch, you're really right. The level of disinformation that's out there, especially on the World Wide Web, is certainly a challenge that I think all believers, it's almost like our our discernment levels have to be on red alert oftentimes. Mm. And I've got a friend who likes to call it, you know, People like to go theological dumpster diving. <laughs> That's graphic, Bobby. That's really <laughs> yeah. graphic. Yes, you know I'm from Brooklyn, so. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so I think that this text today that we're looking at, Deuteronomy 13, is uh, is a good starting point for us to kind of try to glean some truths here about how to discern and uh, what is true and what is false when it comes to prophecy or, or teaching or interpretation of God's word or, you know, sadly, twisting of God's word as well. So, uh, Mitch, if it's okay with you, can I just read the, the first few verses here in Deuteronomy chapter 13? That'd be great. All right. So, I'm going to start Deuteronomy 13, beginning in verse 1. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, 
And the sign or the wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods whom you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him, and you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death, because he has counseled rebellion against the Lord your God, who brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery, to seduce you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk, so you shall purge the evil from among you. Very serious repercussions for false prophecy. And what's amazing here is Moses is not denying the fact that there are false gods mm-hmm. who have false prophets who can accomplish real miracles. Actually, some of the terminology in this passage is very exodus and plague-like terminology. Yeah, One of the best examples of false prophets performing signs and wonders and yet leading people astray are the prophets and priests of Pharaoh Mm -hmm. uh, who mimicked the true signs that Moses and Aaron performed before the Lord, but Moses and Aaron were telling the people to do the right thing. And of course, the prophets of Pharaoh were telling the Jewish people and the Egyptians to do the wrong thing. So just because you can perform a miracle doesn't mean that you are God's chosen messenger. How do we evaluate it then, Bobby? That's my question. Well, I think one thing that sort of stands out from the text that we just read is that we're supposed to evaluate the motives of this false prophet or this false teacher who, again, may be performing miracles and may be very charismatic, you know, in their personality and a very magnetic kind of person and, you know, and blowing people's minds in different ways. But Uh, What the Lord is calling us to through Moses here is to evaluate the motives. Look at where this person is coming from as best you can. Because in verse 2, this dreamer of dreams or this false prophet is described as someone who's trying to sway us or pull us away from the God of Israel, away from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so we have motives. Mm -hmm. A false prophet will have false motives and maybe even appeal to the wrong motives Mm-hmm. that people have for personal power and fame. And some of the false prophets that we follow make promises that are great promises. But when you follow them, they're not so great. Right. And that's because they've got the wrong message. Right. So you can have the wrong motivation, but then you have the wrong message. And the wrong message is a message that goes against what God is telling people to do. So in verse 4, following through on verse what you said in verse 3, you shall follow the Lord your God and fear him, and you shall keep his commandments. Listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. Now the false prophet says, follow my commandments, listen to my voice, serve me, cling to me. And that's one of the big differences. Jesus always said, you shall know them by their fruit. Right. And it's the deeds that really mark our words as authentic. And so a false prophet will have the wrong motive or appeal to the wrong motive and will also give a wrong message leading to disastrous results. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought up uh, 
the words of Yeshua, the words of Jesus concerning false prophets as well, because we do get other red flags that we're supposed to look for when it comes to, you know, discerning whether a prophet is true or not. So in Deuteronomy 18, we get some information there, and in a few weeks, we'll talk more about that. But there we're told that if what they are prophesying or foretelling doesn't come to pass, then that's a sure sign that they're a false prophet, and then you don't listen to them. Uh, but then also in Matthew 7, you know, Mitch, you, you quoted this, but I, I just want to read it because it's really strong language from Jesus right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 7, beginning in verse 15, he says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Okay, so this also, you know, sort of reminiscent of what we read in Deuteronomy 13. They may come looking like the real deal. They're wearing sheep's clothing. They're putting on the persona of being you know, quote unquote, one of us. And then Yeshua goes on, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And what do wolves do? What does a ravenous wolf do when they're in with the flock of sheep? Well, they just, they go to town, they destroy, they devour. Verse 16, Matthew 7, 16, you will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. So here Yeshua, again, gives us more red flags to look for, not just their motives, not just their message, not just, you know, whether or not uh, what they're prophesying comes true or not, but also their fruits. What kind of fruit are they bearing? I think that that's critical. And so uh, the Apostle John, 1 John 4, 1 through 3, tells us to test the spirits, but in effect, we're fruit inspectors, aren't we? Before you go following a prophet because they've reported great miracles, even great miracles like tons of people getting saved and all sorts of things happening, check it out. Check it out. Again, there's so much false information flying all over the place, and it's so hard to verify it. But before you give money, before you join a ministry, before you do any of these things, make sure that you discern. John writes, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist that you've heard is coming and now is already in the world. Now, let me just take that one step further, just for a moment, because I think I understand what John means, because... I've seen a lot of people make great claims about their understanding of the Bible. They're almost Gnostics because they have the secret knowledge, and that secret knowledge sometimes is of Jewish tradition and Jewish life and how understanding the Bible in a Jewish way can make you more godly. And sometimes we're at a disadvantage because we don't understand first century Judaism at the time of Christ, and we don't understand modern Jewish tradition. And a lot of people make these things believable. So let me just tell you how to figure it out. If in any way, learning more about Jewish backgrounds or Jewish heritage in the Lord, if it does not glorify Jesus, then be careful. Mm. Jewish people do not believe in Jesus. And so in Jewish literature, you'll never read about Jesus unless you're reading the Chosen People newsletter, then you will. But... Jewish people will, of course, downplay the role of Jesus. And so a lot of Christians who really are sincere Christians sometimes but misinformed, and some Christians who are not 
so sincere, but are trying to gain a following for one reason or another, will promote an understanding of Judaism as it pertains to the New Testament particularly and the Christian life, and will tell you all sorts of things. But the one thing that will be missing is whether or not it glorifies the person of Jesus Mm -hmm. as God in the flesh. And I think that's what John's getting to. And remember, John was pretty Jewish. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so he understood it. And so be discerning, not only of general activities in the church, but be discerning about those who would try and help you become more Jewish or help deepen your understanding of Jewish life and observance. Just remember, if it doesn't in one way or another glorify Jesus as God in the flesh, then be careful. Understanding Israel and the Jewish people is pivotal for understanding God's plan of salvation through Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. And when you request a copy of our book, Celebrating Israel's High Holidays, you'll learn more about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and everyone's favorite, Sukkot. Understanding these three fall holidays will give you a good basis for understanding the foundation of our Christian faith. And these three festivals will also help you better reflect on the life, death, and resurrection of the Messiah. The book Celebrating Israel's High Holidays is our free gift to you just for reaching out and saying hello. So request it today when you go online to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or ask for the book Celebrating Israel's High Holidays when you call us at 888-293-7482. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now we're going to hear from Michelle Beadle. As a young woman, Michelle was anxious about the future and her place in this world. So she began to explore other religions, including Eastern thought. But her searches for meaning left her empty. And then one day, a friend gave her a Christian book to read that put Michelle on a path of discovery that ended with her accepting Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, as the one who gave her life purpose and meaning. I've known Michelle for years, Bobby, and she's such a godly woman. And I know that her testimony is going to be meaningful. And again, um, you can find this testimony at ifoundshalom.com. And if you go there and her testimony moves you, clip the URL and send it to a man or a Jewish woman that is searching. My my grandparents tried to get out of Germany since uh, Hitler came to power. Kristallnacht came and both of my grandfathers had to go into hiding. When the Nazis came to get my grandfather, my grandmother answered the door and said to them, why are you here? You've already taken him away. And they believed her. And so my grandfather was safe. Both my mother and my father's family left Germany on August 28, 1939. My parents were agnostics, and we we didn't talk about God, but we were very involved in synagogue life. I went to Hebrew school. I was a member of an Israeli dance troupe, president of my youth group. I went to Jewish summer camp. I never had a bat mitzvah because back in those days they weren't available for women yet. I fit in more with German Jews than I did with Americans. I went to Jewish summer camp every summer. It was called um, the Joseph Eisner Camp Institute for Living Judaism. 
in the heart of the Berkshire Mountains. We sang uh, from the Psalms, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. From whence will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And I remember singing that song, and I looked up into the sky and thinking to myself, God, what are you? Are you a force of, or your spirit? I don't know who you are. I had always had a dream when I was, since I was very little, of going to uh, Cornell University for college. And so my father told me, go into social work. That's what good Jewish women do. They go into social work. So my junior year, I started at Cornell. You know, the, the future was looming out ahead of me. And I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I was really anxious about the future. I was really nervous. And I just started looking for answers. Why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? I started studying all kinds of religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, Confucianism, Zoroastrianism. I guess I just felt like the, the, the answers I was looking for I hadn't found within Judaism, so I had to look outside. But what I found was they were so esoteric, they were so heavenly minded that they weren't of any earthly good. There was no way that I could really put them into practice in my life. While I was going through this search, one of my Jewish friends came to me and told me about this book that he had just read, The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey. I finally went to the bookstore on campus and I got the book. I learned, first of all, reading this book, that Jesus was Jewish and that he was a direct descendant of King David. There were many prophets that spoke about the Messiah to come and this author was saying that Jesus was the one who fulfilled these prophecies. I prayed for the first time in my life. I prayed to God and I said to God, God, I don't know if if this author is, if what this author is writing is true, please show me the truth. I was in the library one day and happened to meet another uh, woman who was in one of my classes with me and sat down in the library and started talking. She was the most loving, kind, patient, understanding person I ever met. Within the space of a few weeks, this woman, that I had just met became the best friend that I ever had. We went to lunch and a woman sat down with us at lunch and we talked and then this woman turned to me and she said to me, do you know Jesus? Is he your Messiah? I looked at her and I looked at my friend and my friend had this expression on her face that said to me that she was agreeing with what this woman was saying. And I looked at my friend and I, and I was about to start screaming and yelling at her. How can you believe in that stuff? That's all malarkey. It's all fairy tales. It's all nonsense. And then all of a sudden, I heard a still small voice. And the voice said, listen to her. She loves you. She's your best friend. <laughs> and so I, I listened to her and she told me her story. <laughs> because of the love that I experienced from this woman, I, I just knew that what she was talking about was the truth. 
And so at that luncheon table with hundreds of people around us, I just prayed a very simple prayer. And um, I invited Jesus to come into my life. All of my fears about the future just completely vanished. I was just filled with it. It was like I was enveloped in a cloud of peace. It was like there was this dome of peace that just came over me. I was a member of the Cornell Choir, and we had been scheduled to sing the night when I accepted Jesus as my Messiah. And the concert that we gave was Handel's Messiah. So I got to stand on that platform singing Handel's Messiah that night for the first time understanding what Isaiah was talking about. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. That was Yeshua, that was, the, that was Jesus, that was the Messiah. I just recognized him, I just came to know him. And so the words became alive in my mouth. I was looking for purpose and meaning in my life. Why was I created? What was the purpose of life? Why was I here? And through Jesus, God answered all those questions for me. I realized that I was created to have a relationship with God and that God loves me and He wants to be in a relationship with me and He wants that relationship to go on forever and ever and ever. For 128 years, Chosen People Ministries has been blessed with the opportunity to speak all across the world. And many of our missionaries were pastors or messianic leaders before partnering with us. So if you'd like to learn more about the biblical feasts, or if you'd like to go deeper in your understanding of the Jewish roots of our faith, then be sure to ask us how you can book a speaker for the holidays. Our presentations will shed light on topics such as the fall festivals, Advent, and Hanukkah. We even have a very special presentation called Christmas Through Jewish Eyes. Enhance the last half of the year by exploring biblical prophecy in a whole new way by booking a Chosen People Ministry speaker for any of our presentations today. Just go online to chosenpeople.com radio or learn more when you call us. Our friendly team members would love to hear from you. And you can call us at 888-293-7482. We look forward to hearing from you soon. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to learn more about this weekly program, then let me encourage you to stop by our website and explore. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com radio. We've got a variety of resources available, and we even have a free gift for you just for reaching out. That's right. Bobby, the fall feasts are coming up next month. And in our latest booklet, you'll get a bird's eye view of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, New Year's, the Day of Atonement, and Feast of Tabernacles. It's our privilege to offer you this book with an explanation of the High Holy Days, and we hope it deepens your faith with a better understanding of the Jewish roots of Christianity. We'll send it to you for free when you connect with us at chosenpeople.com radio. Then did you know that just as we did over 100 years ago, we're seeking new ways to communicate the eternal message of God's love in Jesus the Messiah to Jewish people all over the world. And we'd love to hear from our listeners who are interested in joining us in this mission. We have opportunities designed for you. So just call us at 888-293-7482. That's 888, the number two, then the Hebrew name for Jesus, Yeshua, Y-E-S-H, 
U-A, or go online to chosenpeople.com slash radio. And when you reach out, ask for your copy of our free booklet on celebrating Israel's high holidays. And now let's wrap up today's program with the ironic benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom. In the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.